Welcome back to our Utah podcast. I'm Kaimani Chavis. I was a Utah participant in 2018, a mentor in 2019, and student coordinators for Utah 20 and Utah 2021. I'm India. I currently serve as the graduate assistant this year. I was a Utah mentee in 2015, Utah mentor in 2016, Utah mentor in 2017, and I was around the town after that. <laughs> My name is Lance Lowe. I was a Utah participant in 2017 and a Utah mentor in 2018. This podcast, we're just gonna be talking about the importance of student development it's very important and beneficial to us as students to know and utilize our resources. And then also with UTOP, knowing how to lean on your mentors, not only just doing the program, but after the program as well. What was your first impression coming into the semester, your fall semester, directly after UTOP? What was that like for y'all? I would say for me, it was slightly overwhelming only because of the thought that it's not just my class on campus anymore. It's everybody and older people. And now it's like, I gotta figure out who I am and what I wanna join. And I feel like everyone is in a sense competing for positions on campus and you gotta start off small. So I would say more so it's overwhelming just trying to find myself and trying to figure out the ins and outs of where to be and how to get there. Yeah, I agree with India on that one to a certain extent because it was a very interesting time as far as trying to find yourself and leaving UTOP, you're, you get used to your group of people and um, your fellow mentees and even your mentors. So getting on campus, especially a campus like UNC Charlotte that has so many people, you definitely got to find yourself and not get overwhelmed by the greater Charlotte community, I guess. But at the same time, I feel like having those uh, Utah mentees and mentors also helped me assimilate just because you do get to know the campus a little bit. You get to know about the different resources. And so when you do have questions, you realize that you're kind of the one that people who didn't go to Utah um, go to because you do know a little bit more than the other freshmen coming in. So there's both sides to it. I agree. I think for me, it was almost like I was starting over again. When you leave high school and then you come to college, you start in Utah, and it's like, you're new. You're new, you're starting over, you gotta learn all these new people, you got all these mentors, all these other participants in the program, <laughs> new school, new campus, all of that. Throughout Utah, you really build these relationships and create like a family. And then once it ends, it's like, okay, you're starting over again into the fall semester. Uh, you're getting a huge support system going right. into the fall semester. That's great. It helped me to have more of a positive outlook on the fall semester and what it would be like for me after. Right. Yeah. I agree. India, you mentioned the challenge of finding yourself after Utah, but what was the biggest challenge that you guys faced with finding different organizations that would be best for you? I would say the biggest challenge for me was trying to figure out what I liked and not go along with the crowd only because I feel like, you know, sometimes, well, I don't know about everyone else, but for me, you know, during UTOP, everyone was pretty much putting emphasis on BSU and CAB and 
all like the big organizations. Nothing is wrong with that. But I think a little part of me was trying to figure out, okay, what other organizations are on campus that I will enjoy that also best fit my personality. I did try to go to like, you know, different uh, meetings such as BSU and CAT, but I learned quickly that with it being such a large organization that it's harder to kind of get in where you fit in, in a sense, because there's so many different positions that you can't um, hold in that. For me, I was more so leaning towards like, you know, I played sports. So I joined um, women's volleyball club and then um, eventually I helped start Ignite. And then like, you know, it was just different things like that. So I don't know. I think it was more so, like I said, like it was just trying to figure out, okay, here are the big ones. So what are some other ones that people may not know about? And how do I figure out where they are? I mean, of course we had the org, um, organization, what was it, the student sh- showcase or something like that? Yeah, but Yeah, the org showcase. But even that was like overwhelming. It was like, as a freshman, you're walking through all these organizations and you're like, okay, do I talk to this person? Do I talk to that person? Like, I don't know him. I don't know her. Like, it's just a lot going on. So I was a little intimidated by that. But eventually, you know, like I said, I kind of found my way a little bit and just, it's like, okay, let me just try something new. I definitely think it was overwhelming because there's, it's like over three or 400. Yeah. It's a lot of orgs. That's a lot. And so just trying to figure out where do I fit in? What organization is right for me? One thing I came to realize very quickly was it's okay to not be in everything. And it's okay. Okay. Emphasis on that. (laughs) It's okay if there's not something that's appealing to whatever you're interested in, because you can always start something yourself as well. You don't always have to just find somewhere to fit in. You fit in where you are right now. So definitely remembering that. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me coming in was just making sure I took the time to really examine what it was that I wanted to get out of the different organizations that I decided to be a part of, because I think it was really easy. As India also mentioned, there are so many people that join certain organizations and it's kind of like, those are the bigger ones. And so it, it becomes almost more of a social aspect than it does a development or, you know, getting something out of it. Not saying the social aspect isn't important, but it's just a matter of what you really value. And so for me, I kind of steered towards the direction of like professional development and academic development. And so I stuck with um, SGA and Nesby and stuff like that, where I felt like I was trying to develop myself, especially professionally at the time, because I felt like that was the biggest area that I was struggling with. So it was just a matter of figuring out what it is that you value and looking for organizations that can help develop you in the way that you feel like is necessary at that time. I think during one period of my time too, I more so was tailoring my time towards the mass office. Like I enjoyed being around the mass office. I enjoyed being in the office, helping out and trying to get connected. So I was like really devoting a lot of my time in the mass office, talking to Simmons and just learning more about what the office was about. I know like that first year, I think I was really just focused on women's volleyball club and I was good. Like I was just set and I knew I was going to try to be a mentor. So I was like, okay, what else do I need to focus on? And at that time I was also taking chemistry and was failing chemistry. So I didn't really have time for nothing else. (laughs) I was filling a lot of classes, but that's another story for a different day. So I had, I had other things going on that I just, wasn't trying to do. So I was spending my time in the math office. I definitely understand that, India, because 
our freshman year, we all kind of get involved with a bunch of orgs that we're really not interested in and then, you know, fall off eventually. That's definitely what happened to me. I joined probably like three or four and I was like, that's not even what I want to do. However, I did know that I wanted to apply to be a mentor and just started working on myself in that way. And like you said, hanging out in the office and using my time in that direction more towards Utah. Even though I'm not involved with organizations on campus, I've put most of my time into Utah. And I like to think of that as my area of interest in mentoring. Like mentoring is definitely something I'm passionate about. So I think I found that and it was more of a different route than a lot of people do choose to go. Right. I feel that. How did your mentors help you to navigate the the different organizations on campus or did they help you navigate those different orgs? I would say definitely. My mentors were absolutely amazing with navigating or um, different organizations on campus. I know like the reason why I landed the Utah position was because of my mentors for one. And I also was an SOS mentor, which is for students on academic probation. And I got into that because of Nakia. My mentors did a great job of really like telling me, you know, find something that you like to do and then really just showing me the ropes to it. I believe I went to like a couple of meetings with my mentors actually. And that's how I kind of figured out like, okay, this is what I like to do and this is what I don't like to do. But they were really good and they were very knowledgeable of everything that they did. And they also they also emphasize the fact that, you know, it's okay to be different and you don't have to join these orgs if you don't want to. So I think that played a big part for me. I think for me, my mentors, it was more of like a lead by example sort of thing. So I think, honestly, I don't think I reached out um, my freshman year as much as I probably should have to my mentors just because I felt like I could do it. I don't know. Like, I feel like some people like that. They get there and they just, you know, want to take it all on their own. And it's if you're built like that, then you're built like that. But <laughs> other times it's, it definitely gets overwhelming. So I think towards the end of my freshman year, I definitely started to reach out more because I did feel a bit overwhelmed. But the leading by example sort of thing, just I saw my mentors in various different positions around campus leading the school. And so for me, it was kind of just seeing the diversity of it and seeing that these Utah mentors, you know, they do have their different um, areas of expertise and interests that they devote a lot of their time to. And so it was really just a matter of, you know, seeing that they could do it and seeing that, you know, me being someone who kind of came from the same places and definitely the same program, seeing that I could do the same sort of thing. And so at that point, it was just a matter of reaching out to the right people. Um, Like I said, I had different mentors in different um, organizations. So just kind of reaching out to them, seeing what their experiences were like, and then, you know, going from there. As far as Utah was concerned, of course, they spoke very highly of the program. And I came through the program, so I knew what it was all about. My sophomore year, um, when it came time to apply for Utah mentors, I already knew that was something that I wanted to do. And I didn't really know how it was going to go. In all honesty, I didn't even know if I would really be a good mentor. But I definitely grew a lot. And I learned that I do enjoy mentorship. And even if it's not like specifically a mentor role, just the aspect of being able to have someone that you could teach the ropes, you know, and have, be able to offer meaningful advice, even if it's not necessarily academically, just kind of, you know, giving them tidbits of advice every now and then if they need it. And at the same time, learning from them. You guys definitely led by example. And I definitely took heed to that. So just seeing, you know, what my mentors were doing on campus and what they were involved in. And like I said earlier, knowing that everything is not for you, but just 
knowing who to talk to about their interests and how they found what they actually like. So I think that that's a big part of it is just really discovering what interests you and who you really are. I think that's a big part and a major part of student development is just getting to know yourself and knowing what you need to work on. I think um, another part too is what a lot of mentors don't really do, not saying, you know, all of them do. It's important to really pay attention to your mentees only because you don't want to lead them to an organization that doesn't fit their personality. And if you don't know your mentees, how are you going to know which organizations to point them to? So, you know, it's really important to get to know your mentees. And I'm not saying you're going to get to know all of them, but at least the ones that are pretty much, what's the word I'm looking for? Pretty much the ones that are coming towards you and gravitating towards you more. I think that's a really good, important point to make sure you know them and you're able to lead them and guide them in the direction that they may want to go just based upon their personalities and what you learned during the program. So I think that plays another part of being a good mentor. We talked about how our mentors helped us navigate those organizations, but how have we helped our mentees to navigate all these overwhelming opportunities that are now available to them? And how can the OADI and the resources that come with the office and the UTOP staff help to further the development of students post-UTOP? I say what India mentioned is important as far as knowing your mentees, just because not everyone is going to be like you and have the same interests. So it's important to actually pay attention to what people are saying and the sort of things that they may be interested in, even if they don't even say it overtly, kind of just, and that's where having the knowledge of the resources and the different not all of the organizations, but some of the different organizations on campus comes into play because someone may be talking about being interested in one thing and they may not necessarily know that there's an organization out there for people that are interested in that sort of thing. So knowing your resources is important, knowing your mentees is important, and also realizing that you don't have that connection with all of your mentees. I think that was something that I learned for sure was that not everyone's gonna click and that's okay. But for the ones that you do really click with and have similar personalities and similar interests with, it is definitely important to keep up with them and make sure that you're offering as much support as you can when they need it. And if they don't need it, you know, just letting them know that you're still there. Knowing your resources and then also knowing that people are also resources. So knowing Mm -hmm. who to text or who to call when you have a question about a certain thing. That's important as a mentee looking at all of your different mentors, but then putting emphasis on the mentor team, really getting to know your fellow mentors so that if you encounter a situation with a student and it's like, okay, I know I'm not very well versed in this, but Lance is or India Mm -hmm. is, I can call on them to come help. You're there for your mentees to provide them the resources that they need to succeed. So taking that first step of really getting to know your team so that you know, that can be your first person to contact to help your your mentees. I think that's that's pretty big, too. Um, Being in the office is also important because, you know, it's not just students who know different resources on campus. Like Simmons has a lot of connections. Ms. Regina has a lot of connections. Ms. Toy has a lot of connections. So it's kind of like just getting to know the people who are helping you, who are not students, basically. And they can guide you in different directions as well. So being in the office is definitely something that I learned that was really important because you never know. You can use them for recommendations if you come around as well. You know, I've used Simmons for many recommendations and 
not even just, you know, the recommendations, but with things that like advice that I needed or anything that deals with like organizations or my leadership capabilities, my leadership skills, like all that's kind of important when trying to, you know, join organizations because people want to follow people who are leaders and how can you be a leader if you don't have the correct resources? So I think that's very important, just being in OADI office and learning about who, who has your back, basically. What resources and opportunities have you guys been afforded after Utah that you have benefited from as a student or as a student leader? I know, India, you were saying about the recommendations um, that you could possibly get from building those connections with the different people that are in OADI and just the different people that Mm -hmm. you come, the many different people that you come into contact with while working for Utah or while in Utah, because Utah does connect you to so many different departments and offices and programs when we volunteer and different things like that. So just the networking part of it. I would say I have met so many different people on campus faculty wise that has really led me to different opportunities. And that just comes from being close with Simmons because it will be times where Simmons will like text my phone and say, hey, come with me to this meeting. And I will be walking on campus like, okay, you know, like, I don't know what this is about. And then I'll pop up in this meeting with him. And it's literally just having a conversation with five or six different faculty members on campus. And that was kind of like opening doors to me. Okay, I know this is a resource. And this is a connection that that led me to meeting Kim Turner. Like, you know, that is my girl. So I think a lot of that, it just comes from being open, being yourself. And like I said, getting to know people, but I would definitely say that kind of helped lead to a lot of opportunities, even for grad school and things of that nature. Like, you know, people know who Simmons is and know that I have I had a role on campus and being a part of, you know, uh, well, under Miss Regina's wing and different things like that. For me, it's mainly been just kind of like guidance that I've received from people like Simmons, Dr. Turner, just kind of being in the office, just talking to them. Really, I would just be in there seeing what they were doing. I wouldn't even be doing much going, see how they're doing. Dr. Turner was always busy. Simmons was always busy. So just seeing the sort of things that they were up to. And, you know, those are the people when you form those connections and they get to know you, those are the people that can vouch for you. And Simmons, especially, he knew me from obviously Utah 17 when I came in. And so when it came time for Utah 18 mentors, he was, you know, someone I reached out to, to see how he thought I would do in the role. And if it was something that he thought that I could benefit from and if he thought that I would be able to contribute adequately to the program. And so, um, you know, that's where, you know, branding yourself well and making those connections comes into play because if it weren't for Simmons already knowing who I was and knowing some of the other mentors and interacting with them, I probably wouldn't have gotten the mentoring role. So that's where the connections comes into play and making sure that you also take the time to, like I said, see how they're doing, you know, it's not just a one way street and just making sure that Mm -hmm. you're actively checking on them you know they are they lead busy lives just as much as we if not more than we do so just making sure that they're doing all right and giving to them as much as they can give to you right definitely being genuine that's exactly that's that's the key not just yeah I will also say like it's not just 
you know, going into the office and talking to them, it's also showing your work ethic because no one can vouch for you if you don't show the work ethic. And I think if they see the potential that, okay, I see that this person is a hard worker, this person does this, that, and the third, then they can also increase your potential significantly. And I'm saying that around campus, I'm saying that after you graduate, you know, like they can really speak highly of you in different positions, whether you're trying to uh, land a job, get in grad school, whatever your case may be. I think it's all about showing your worth ethic. And then if you're just going in the office and just kiki and TT and like, okay, that's fine and dandy, but that may be you. But at the end of the day, college is a job. I hate to say it like that, but it, it low key is you're trying to get to where you want to be. And it's, it's about your hard work. So if, I mean, if you want to go to college and do what you got to do, then hey, you know, be so be it. But I knew for me, I was all about trying to make sure that my work doesn't go unnoticed. Um, I was, I like people say I'm not a silent leader, I'm whatever, but I'm saying I'm a silent leader only because um, I'm not saying I'm, I was absolutely quiet, but I definitely would say, you know, I absolutely tried to work as hard as I possibly could. And I can say that a lot of people notice that. And I think that's such a huge, a huge blessing, you know, for someone to really say that about you. So, yeah, I think that's a big part of it as well. I'd also like to say going off of that, like when you're dealing with faculty and staff who are so connected around the university, like every little interaction with those individuals is like an interview, in all honesty, mm-hmm. because they're taking mental notes yes. of what you're saying to them in the moment. And they hear around campus because they're connected with faculty. They hear how you're doing your classes. They hear from yes. um, organization advisors on how you're acting in the organization. And if you've got leadership roles, they're hearing about how you're doing with that. And so everybody's connected. So having those interactions and those genuine interactions, but also as India said, making sure that your work ethic speaks for itself is definitely, it doesn't go unnoticed. And that's for sure. And they'll definitely keep that in mind. And that's kind of, that's an important part of college life. And it's definitely something to keep in the back of your mind whenever you're, you know, around campus doing whatever you're on campus doing. (laughs) Right. (laughs) For sure. And that's, that's a big part of networking in general is you never know who someone else knows and what opportunities that Mm -hmm. that may bring to you. One opportunity that I've gotten from being in Utah was just the opportunity to be a student leader mm-hmm. for someone to actually give me an opportunity to explore that and be a leader and build my leadership skills. That's mm-hmm. definitely one of the biggest things that I've gained from the program as a participant, learning how to speak up for myself and really gain a voice and make right. sure that that's really when I started building my my brand for myself. I believe that everybody, it, you're your own brand. So right. as Lance was saying, like, you know, people are always taking mental notes of you, how you present yourself in different meetings, whether we're in person or virtual, mm-hmm. what you say or your mannerisms, if you're, you know, paying attention to them, like people take note of all of these things and going through the program, I definitely started to realize that. And then even more so uh, at going through the mentor training, actually being a mentor and even into my position now, I'm still learning things every single day. So I definitely think that that's something that I've benefited from was just the amount of leadership skills and qualities that have presented themselves in me. Right. And I want to say too, like, I think a lot of people get this kind of misconstrued in a sense, 
you don't have to be president of every single organization or VP or on e-board of every single organization to be to be noticed. It's okay to not want to be at the top. Like you can be a, you can be a leader in your own sense. And people also notice that as well. So you don't have to be what I like to call clout chasers to just be, like I said, be seen all the time. You know, um, there's a lot of people on the back end of things that, you know, lead in their own sense and are good at it. And that also goes unnoticed because I feel as if sometimes the work that needs to be done to get the production going is what is just as important as the person that's allowing you, like the person that's actually on the production, making it work. I think, you know, a lot of people get that kind of misconstrued in the sense like, oh, I have to be VP or I have to be this, I have to be that. No, you don't. Actually, you really don't. It's okay to take the seat back and say, I'm just going to do this and help y'all out, you know, in the backside of things. And that also goes unnoticed as well. So. So earlier I asked what your impression was going into the fall semester um, as a mentee. What was you guys' impressions or expectations going into the fall semester after the summer of being a mentor? What were you kind of expecting for your relationships to be like with your students? And how are you planning to keep that connection to help further their development? I felt like I was anticipating, you know, probably having like maybe even weekly meetings or just calls with my mentees, seeing how they were doing. If they needed something, then they knew that they could come to me. But um, I quickly realized that that was not the case. My mentees were out doing what they had to do and handling business. So uh, I think that was the biggest thing that I got wrong. I thought they would need me more than they did, which was cool. But <laughs> but I think that's an important thing to learn as a mentor is that, you know, um, as I also mentioned earlier, like not everyone's going to need you at every week. Not everyone's going to need you every month not even every semester, but when people do need you being there and letting them know that you're there for them. And, um, you know, if they need resources, then offering them the resources that they need. If they just need to talk about stuff, then being a listening ear. So I think that was the biggest thing that I learned and how was the biggest difference in my expectations versus, you know, what actually happened going into the semester. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree 100% with Lance because during my first year so that was what what you taught 16 I was yeah <clears throat> I was a mentor you taught 16 that was my first year the mentor and I wanted to be all up under my mentees I wanted them to call me for every single thing I wanted to do this do that like yeah like let's go like you know like and we were close in age I was sophomore so we were only a year apart but as Lance said quickly I quickly saw that that was not the case and my mentees didn't need me. They were off doing their own thing. So by um, UTOP 17, I kind of like was just a little bit more laid back. You know, I let I told them, you know, if you need anything, I'm here. Call me if you need something. I don't care what time of night it is. Like my phone is always on ring. So just call me. And I saw that was a better approach for me only because they did, you know, like whenever they needed something or whenever something was going down, like, you know, I was one of the ones they would call. And, you know, it's okay. Like, it's okay to take that seat back. Like, I'm seat back. It's okay to take that step back. I mean, you know, I was a little sad, but it's okay. Like, I still love my mentees. And, you know, I, I enjoyed the fact that they flourished in their own way and they show like, they kind of shine in their own light. So I 
was very nervous that I would not connect with any of my mentees. Like I'm sure most mentors are going into the summer. And I kind of just relying on my, some of my experience as a mentee, because I personally did not connect with a lot of my mentors. So I went into it knowing that you're not going to connect with every single mentee and they're not going to connect with you, obviously. Not all of them are anyways. So I definitely went into it with that and was just making my presence known that, you know, if they do need me, they can call me. Or if you have a question, you can ask me if I don't know the question, then, you know, I'll find an answer for you. Just establishing that really early on in the program, I think it helped to make for an easier transition in our relationships to after the program and come and actually use me as a resource. We all know that the schedule for UTOP in the classes, it can sometimes get hectic, especially just transitioning from high school to college and the different workload. And then it's six weeks, you know, it's condensed. But what do you say to a mentee that may be slipping? First, I would definitely say it's okay. I think we've all been in that position. Well, I mean, I can't say all, but I have definitely been in that position to where my freshman year, I had mentioned earlier, you know, I was going downhill for a little bit. I was in chemistry. It was not doing good. Secret, I low-key almost failed dance, but whatever. Uh, Like, I was just going through it. Like, you know, I was really trying to find my way. And that was me coming from being a straight-A student in high school to trying to find this transition in college. And although Utah helped me transition, it was a little bit tougher being out on my own, only because there was just so much going on. But it's definitely okay. And, you know, I would tell them, you know, it's okay to, you know, to make mistakes. I would kind of point them to different resources to help them with whatever they may be going through, whether it's academics, personal, whatever the case may be. Um, I would point them to different resources on campus. And sometimes I would even point them to Simmons because Simmons is technically their advisor as well. And then once, you know, they figure out their way a little bit, it's, it's kind of up to them to make that choice to go off and you know, take the advice that you had given them and kind of implement it. So I think that's just the best advice I've pretty much given people. And then after that, like, you know, if they're still kind of falling behind, you know, the only thing I can do is point them in in the same direction as I did before to maybe a different resource or something. Because at the end of the day, you're not really in charge of their future. You can't really dictate whether they make A's or not. You know, you're not them. You have your own life going on. You're still a student at the end of the day. Just knowing the limits and setting, you know, boundaries, like, like you said, you can't do it for them. Right. Like you can't babysit. They're not, they're not kids. You know, we're all around the same age. Yeah. And I feel like if you, if you like press too much, I feel like it has an adverse effect sometimes depending Mm -hmm. on the individual. So I tend to err on the side of, you know, what is it that you need and what is there something that I can, is there anything that I can help you with? You know, because sometimes there's stuff that people just got to work out, you know, it's not necessarily regarding school. It's not necessarily regarding, you know, classes. It's just stuff happens. Life happens. So letting them know that you're there. And then if there's anything that you could do, letting, asking them, you know, is there anything I can help you with? And then, you know, going from there, if it's resources, if, if they just don't feel like they're getting what they need to from their professor, you know, maybe sending them to the UCAE or, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever it may be, just offering what you can, but also knowing, you know, there's some stuff that's just out of your control at the same time. And Lynch, you made a really good point too. Um, sometimes students really just don't want to be helped, you know, and that's okay too. Like you can't really control that. 
you know, like, like you said, a lot of students have a lot of personal issues going on. It's just some things that you can't help them with. So sometimes they really just don't want to be helped. Like you can ask them to make, just check on them and ensure they're okay. I know like for me, you know, just asking me, are you okay? You know, are you having a good day? You know, do you need anything? Even if they say no, I know I've done my job and vice versa if somebody asked me the same thing. So that was a really good point too. So is there a particular topic or conversation that you make sure to discuss with your mentees to try to get them ready for the fall semester? I would say be yourself. I think I tell all my mentees that, like, just be yourself. That kind of goes back on the points that we had discussed earlier. But I think it's very important to be yourself. You know, like, I think a lot of people kind of get mixed up that you have to be the cool kid and you have to have everyone like you. And trust me, it is okay for people to not like you. It's just, I like, I personally want my mentees to be who they are because every person is unique in their own way. And, you know, if you're trying to be someone that you're not, then I feel like you're not being the best you that you can be. So I think that's something that I've told my mentees in the past, like, do what you want to do. I mean, if you want to go and join what the Quidditch, what, what is it? The what's the Harry Potter? Yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, if you want to go out and do that, shoot, you go out and do that and teach me because I'm interested, you know, like just do what you want to do at the end of the day, because who who is to judge you? as what you like, as far as what you can and cannot do, you know, so just be yourself. I'd say the biggest thing I'd say to my mentees or um, pretty much anyone in general is just, you know, push yourself. Like, I feel like college is a time Mm -hmm. to really, you know, find out who you are and really um, push the boundaries and kind of push towards your potential and who you're supposed to be in life. And so I think college is a perfect time for that. And so that requires you to go outside of your comfort zone sometimes. And I feel like college is a great opportunity to do that. I know for me, I came in, I was very quiet, didn't really know what I wanted to get out of school or what I wanted to do. But I think I had people that pushed me and, you know, I pushed myself to get in mentorship roles and trying to get in different organizations and leadership roles and become more, you know, sociable and that sort of thing. And I feel like that was one of the things that I really struggled with coming in. So pushing myself to do that kind of helped me become more well-rounded and become who I feel like I'm supposed to be. And so I usually just tell my mentees, you know, push yourself, go beyond your comfort zone. And then, you know, if there's something that you even think you may be interested in the slightest bit, you know, try it. Like I know, Kaimani, you mentioned it earlier, starting starting off, you kind of got involved in a bunch of different things at once. And then you kind of fell off, you know, I feel like I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that that's a great thing, you know, try different things, Mm -hmm. see what it is that you like, because for all you know, there's something that you think that you wouldn't like and you don't try it and, you know, you missed out on a great opportunity. So, you know, try different things, push yourself and enjoy it, really. Lance got his nickname, Baby Lance, for me because he was definitely quiet. Yeah. (laughs) That's why I call Lance Baby Lance, because he was quiet. Not saying he's a baby, but he was just quiet. I was like, oh, Lance. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, that's where he got his nickname from. If anyone's wondering, it's for me. How do you guys keep in touch with your mentees at, after the program has concluded? So what are some ways you do that? I know, Lance, you mentioned just, you know, checking in. Hey, what do you need from me? I absolutely try to do that. Now, I'm not going to lie to you guys. Do I slip up? Of course. So I know me and Lance, we've 
set a schedule to talk what twice a month. <laughs> this is the first time we've talked in like three. So you know, <laughs> life definitely happens, but setting goals, setting goals, I think that helps. And just having a mutual understanding that in order for these bonds and connections to last, you definitely have to put in some effort into them. And that's that starts at the beginning of Utah. Um, I feel like you have to, you know, just start with putting the effort in and showing that, you know, you're here for the the benefit and the goal of the mentorship. Yeah, I agree, Kaimani. I fell off the charts a lot when it came. I would say directly after Utah, I think everyone's in this honeymoon phase. And it's kind of as if, you know, you're like, oh my gosh, my mentor, oh my gosh, my mentee, like you want to talk all the time. And then boom, life happens. And then life just keeps on happening further and further down the line. And then before you know it, it's been two months, three months. And by that time it's been, it's graduation. Then, you know, back then when I was, you know, still in undergrad, I would try to at least, you know, speak and you know, if I didn't see my mentees, you know, I would occasionally reach out and things like that. I, I will say I did a terrible job because a lot of people are just, we're just busy. But now I would say, you know, I will make comments and stuff, keep up with my mentees on social media. If I see them out in public or something, it's definitely not a awkward counterment. I would more so say, you know, I would definitely speak. Uh, social media plays a big part. I do still have like a few mentees here and there that I do talk to. I think life just happens. And at the end of the day, I'll always be my mentees mentors. And at the end of the day, my mentors who mentored me will always be my mentors. And I'm always grateful for that. I'd also say from the mentor perspective, they'll kind of go hand in hand. But one thing, not getting discouraged. And then the second thing is knowing your mentees. I think that also plays a big role because as far as not getting discouraged, I know like right after you top, you know, we had group chat, everything. It was booming. Everybody was in there. Say what's up, you know, when the semester started, you know, making sure everybody's good, make sure everybody's registered, classes are looking good. Mm-hmm. When ad drop comes around, making sure everybody, you know, you got to drop that class, bet, do it, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, Important. that sort of thing. And then, you know, then it kind of falls off and then you're reaching out every few weeks and then twice a semester and then you're reaching out once a year like so it it gets to that point but at the same time you know knowing your mentees comes into play because not everyone thrives in a group setting sometimes you have mentees that are better when you reach out to them one-on-one or and then sometimes they want to text sometimes they may want to want to call you you know and I think that's a big thing as well and knowing your mentee comes into play because you have to know you know the best way to reach them and you know, what's most effective as far as getting your message message across and letting them know that, you know, of course you're there for them. Is there any other advice that you guys would give to future Utah mentors? I'd say the big message that I would give <clears throat> would be to be empathetic because I think everybody does come from a different place. Everybody is in a different place in their journey. So I think an important part of being a mentor is not necessarily offering advice as to how you would do something, but learning where your mentee is at in their journey and figuring out, you know, what is it that they need to do as far as, you know, kind of thinking of, 
you know, in their shoes, what is it that they would want to do in this situation? Because I think a lot of the times there may be misunderstandings or, you know, you may come across the wrong way because you're trying to tell them what to do. And it's not even, you know, it's not even in their best interest to do that. So I think being empathetic and knowing that, you know, it's not like you're not them. I think that's the biggest thing, you know, and that's, mm -hmm. I know the biggest thing that we've been talking about, you know, know your mentees and that's really important. Get to know your mentees and get to know the way they think and the things that they value and what they want out of both the mentor and mentee relationship and what they want out of school. And I think that'll allow you to help them better than trying to tell them what it is that you would do in their situation. I say that's the biggest thing.